Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I am going to be answering a reader slash listener slash viewer question. So I take questions from all over the place, from my blog, Niche Site Project, from my YouTube channel. I think it's just called Doug Cunnington, but you could find it out there, or from the podcast. And this is a fairly common one, although... It takes a little while for people to, to come around and ask this question, but here it is. When is it okay to decide that a site is not working out? So what can you do when you figure out that maybe this isn't working out or how do you know if a site isn't working out and never will or should you stick with it? So the reality of answering this question is it will be almost impossible to give a correct answer. There are just too many variables involved. There are too many different kind of sites. And it's just impossible to know if you are in a dip or your site rather is in a dip. And if you just keep at it, it will work out or if you truly should just move on. But instead of trying to answer the question accurately and exactly right for everyone, I'm just going to tell you some of my thoughts about, you know, my experiences like personally and some of the observations that I've had just auditing people's sites, looking at sites that didn't work out for a while and then maybe they did, that sort of thing. So that's how we're going to tackle it today. Hopefully you'll be able to, you know, see some of the you know, common characteristics that I'm going to describe and maybe some of the feelings that you're having as you're working through it. And maybe it'll bring you a little bit more clarity, I hope. Before I get too deep into the details here and start answering the question, I want to just tell you to check out nichesiteproject.com. If you haven't yet, I highly encourage you to sign up for the email list where I will share a lot of templates with you. Like right off the bat in that first email, I, I send you basically all the templates that I use. Um, I update them over time and generally those are going to be pretty accurate, at least as a starting point. Uh, additionally, check out my YouTube channel where you can find a bunch of tutorials. There are a lot of Q&A um, type live streams that I do. Um, those could drag on for an hour to some of them have been like two hours long when I uh, apparently didn't have all that much to do or maybe I was just super enjoying answering those questions. And there are teardowns, tutorials, and all sorts of other videos, including some like vlogs where maybe I'm on vacation or something like that, or I'm just rambling on like a crazy person. So do check those out, and um, I would appreciate it if you did. All right, on to the questions here. So I should, you know, give you an idea of, you know, my experience. I started creating niche sites and like online uh, businesses, I guess, starting in 2013. And since then, uh, if I had to, I, I don't, keep a tally, but if I had to guess, I've probably started between, say, 20 and 40 different sites. Um, that is just kind of off the top of my head. So quite a few, right? couple, few dozen, um, but not an uh, insane amount, but quite a few. And I can tell you that only a very small number of those ended up being like successful at all. The good part is you don't need that many to be successful. You just need like one or two wins. That's it. And then once you, once you have that, um, you're okay. 
So it's a pretty poor percentage when you look at it, but over time I've gotten better and the, you know, the win percentage goes up and, um, basically I've realized that the fewer things that I am working on, the better, um, I do on the things that I am working on. So keep that in mind as well. When I first started, I think probably the first three to five sites that I created weren't that great. So I, I made the mistake like a lot of people do, um, where once I figured out that I could host a WordPress site and then host multiple sites on my hosting account that I've already paid for, that I started buying like domain names for ideas that I had that I was going to get around to sometime in the future, which I never did, by the way. Um, a lot of those just sat there idle for a year and then I just you know, didn't do anything with it or even worse. I published like three or four articles on a site and then didn't do anything. So I ended up wasting a little money and time trying to work on those projects. So the point is, um, I had a few sites like right at the beginning that didn't do much. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that nowadays, um, if you start a new site, like generally, it's probably going to be about six months before you're like making any sort of significant money, which I will just say that that's about $100 per month. You know, for most people, if you can make $100 per month, if you tell your friends about it, if you tell your spouse, your family, friends, um, your partner, if you tell someone you're making $100 a month relatively passively, that's cool. Like people like that like a hundred dollars a month, you could do something with, right? Um, you potentially, depending on how you vacation, um, but you could potentially take a vacation on the 1200 bucks, right? Maybe a long weekend and like really, really do some cool stuff. Or, you know, if you're more economic or you have hotel points or whatever, um, you could go on vacation for like a couple weeks, right? So there's a lot of factors involved, but a hundred dollars a month is, what I would consider significant. So the point is, it's going to take probably six months before you're making much money. And what I can tell you also is um, you're going to be investing over that six months. So it's probably going to be at least a few hundred dollars of just investment. So you're going to have to spend money on hosting. You'll have to spend it potentially on content maybe some tools like uh, keyword research tools, that sort of thing. You, you know, you can use a lot of free things, but many times if you pay for a tool, um, something like SEMrush or KW Finder or a premium theme, you'll be able to get more work done in a shorter amount of time and potentially have that work that you've done, like be a little bit more accurate and a little bit more effective. So using tools, even if it's expensive, isn't always a bad idea if you eventually get the ROI from it. Now, of course, the hard part is you don't know which pieces are really going to provide the ROI, but if you could save time in general, that's a really good thing. So a keyword research tool typically is going to be able to save you a lot of time, especially with um, like competition analysis. So again, a tool like KW Finder is really going to be helpful. So that said, um, I'm just going to quickly summarize. I've had a bunch of sites that didn't work out that well. If you end up in that position, that's fine. You only need one or two to work out and then you're in great shape. And then the other thing is if you're in that first six month period, you potentially could be in the Google sandbox. If you're brand new to SEO, 
um, making money online, affiliate sites, ad-based sites. If you're brand new to this area, then your learning curve could be a little bit higher, right? Or a little bit steeper. So it could take you a little while to figure things out. So even if you've made it through the sandbox period, it may take you just a little bit longer. So those are a couple things to note. Now, moving on to, you know, the part where it's like, should you give up? Should you move on? Um, how can you, you know, figure that out? So number one, um, I, I'm going to assume that you've been doing, you know, a relatively good job executing a process, right? So, hopefully you've had some guidelines on like what to do and when. So you have a relatively good idea on where you should be spending your time and the steps that you should be executing. If you've just been randomly doing things where maybe, maybe you're following a bunch of people online, this is super common, right? I did this. So if you're following a bunch of people online and everyone has a little bit of a different strategy and you're sort of piecemeal picking things to execute and try out and see if it works for you, that may or may not work out. Now, the risk is you could be picking the things that aren't very effective, or maybe you're missing a piece of the puzzle in that particular strategy. Now, if you follow just one person, which I recommend, whether it's me or someone else or a different, you know, just methodology, it's it's a good idea to kind of stick with one methodology, one framework all the way from the beginning till the end so that you can kind of figure out how that one works. Now, obviously it's very important to pick one, uh, pick that framework or pick the person that you're following to like make, like you got to make sure that person is like getting the job done, right? You got to make sure that person has a good framework. If you pick a bad framework then and you do it, then it's not going to work out for you. So the point is find someone who actually knows what they're doing so that you'll be able to execute what, you know, what they say and get good results. So little example, one of the reasons why I freely give away the keyword golden ratio, right? KGR. And it was a very hard decision, by the way, but I knew that if people tried the keyword golden ratio and it worked, they would probably trust me, right? They would probably trust the other things that I'm telling them too. And if it actually works, they will probably tell other people as well. And it's been a slow grind, but over time, people have um, discovered like by testing the keyword golden ratio that it actually works and it works pretty well across the board, across different industries, across different kinds of sites and everything. So it's been, you know, one of the best marketing things I could do is just to give away the best idea that I've had. So that said, um, you got to make sure that you're following a process that works. Otherwise, I mean, it's just not going to work just by definition, right? So you got to make sure you're following something that's going to work. So if you're following a process that should work because it is actually effective, it's from a reputable person or company or whatever, then, and it's still not working out, you're not getting the traffic that you expect, you're not getting the earnings that you expect, you should probably find someone who has more experience than you to have a look at your site. Now, you can hire someone, right? So I do this for some people um, if I really think that I could help them out, but you can hire me to like audit your site, 
right? So I can go through, give you some idea about my impression. Um, I can look at some keywords for you and just evaluate what you're doing and whether it's going to work or not. Um, you know, I, I can only tell you what I know based on my experience and that sort of thing. But if you can get someone who knows more than you, um, that has at least a couple more, a couple more years of experience than you do, um, it's probably really valuable feedback. And me personally, I charge, um, at least at the time that I'm recording this, like two fifty per hour. So $250 for like an hour of like one-on-one time. But I can tell you for a fact that um, if you are spending a lot of time on your site and you're investing in it, generally the $250 is going to be cheaper than you continuing to spend time on something that is not going to work or anything like that. Not a sales pitch. I don't do many of these. I actually turn most people away that ask about um, this sort of an audit because I, I can point them towards like, free information, other resources that I've already created and just save them the money, point them in the right direction. And if they still have questions and maybe, you know, I, maybe I do this session, but the point is you don't have to hire me, right? You can also potentially find people in like a Facebook group, although I don't really like Facebook groups, but you may be able to find like a knowledgeable, more experienced person who is very helpful and perhaps they have more time than me, right? So, I mean, part of it is because I have a blog and a platform and all that stuff, I get many requests to review sites and I just can't do it, right? I can't, I don't have enough time in the day to review people's sites for free. So to, you know, I guess curb the demand, I charge for it, right? So, and, you know, to be honest with you, if I were to do it for free, actually, you know what? I learned this the hard way, right? So I used to, back in the day, you know, a while back, a couple of years ago, I would actually look at someone's site and give them tips and say, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And then you know what they would do? Nothing. They wouldn't do a damn thing. So I would waste my fucking time, give them tips, and then they wouldn't do it. Um, and basically, it was just wasting my time. So... The moral of the story, I'm going on a rant here. Thank you for indulging me. The point is, if someone pays for a service, they're more likely to take it seriously than if I just show up and give you know, free information to someone and then they don't do anything with it because they didn't pay for it. So if you have some skin in the game, you will actually pay attention. So <laughs> moving on. The, the point on the point that I'm trying to make is you should have someone with more experience, have a look at your site. Potentially they can give you tips, right? They can give you tips. They could tell you, Hey, you actually went after a bad keyword. Um, this is a, an area where the products are way too cheap and the commission rates too low. So it's going to be really hard for you to make money in that way. You know, another insight a person may have is. Maybe if you shift it over to an information-based site, and you don't worry about the affiliates, uh, like products and affiliate reviews, then maybe you're going to be able to, you know, pivot, keep your same domain, keep the same topic. You can repurpose the content. There are a lot of options out there and you, you may just not be aware of them yet. So again, very, very valuable to, you know, seek help, seek an expert's opinion to save you time. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who actually don't have, you know, they don't have the resources to pay for an expert to have a look. 
And that's fair. So again, that's why, you know, maybe you can get help from someone that doesn't charge. Um, but at the same time, you know, you, you may be giving up some confidentiality on your site. Um, again, if you're not, if you're not paying, then who knows what they're going to do with the information, um, that they get from you. Right. Um, but at the same time, it could be valuable if you don't have any other options. The next thing you can look at is the competition. So if you can go and you know research and find competitors who are out there that are, you know, by the evidence that you could find, they're making it work out and they are making money, they're getting traffic on their site, and generally you think it's profitable, then you know that it is possible in that particular niche. Then from there, you know, I'll backtrack in a second, but from there, you can sort of reverse engineer what is working for competitors and then see where the gaps are. So this is sort of a a classic um, like gap analysis and competition analysis exercise. So now that I'm saying it out loud, it totally reminds me of my consulting days where, you know, a company would hire, um, hire, you know, consultants to come in, do an evaluation on like the current state of where things are, um, have a look at some competition and then provide a gap analysis so that decisions could be made on the direction that, you know, the company wants to go to or the direction that they want to go in rather. So the point here is really around, you know, finding what's working for your competitors and then figuring out, you know, what you need to do. So in this, you know, scenario, I would recommend a tool like SEMrush to you know, check out your competitors, what keywords they're potentially ranking for based on like real actual data. You can get an estimation of the traffic that they're getting. And f- from that, you can have a pretty good understanding if are they ranking for like keywords that are affiliate oriented and they're probably making money? You, you can use those estimates as a pretty good gauge. Now it's not going to be a hundred percent accurate. And if you have a site that is getting traffic, then, you know, you could easily, you know, check and see like what does SEMrush estimate the traffic to be and what you actually get. And usually um, sites are getting more traffic. Uh, if I just had to guess, you know, sometimes it's, you know, 30% more traffic up to like three to four X more traffic, depending on the number of long tail keywords that they're ranking for. So, you know, that said, you can get an idea like are sites in this niche, in this category, are they actually getting a lot of traffic or is, is everyone getting a small amount of traffic? So once you have that sort of idea, you can see like, oh, other people are doing it. That means I can do it. Now, you do have to execute the gap analysis part. So at that point, you have to look at the content they have, the quality of the content, um, like the amount of content, the length, all on-page SEO you know, ideas there. But you can go look and get a pretty good idea of what they're doing. The next thing that you would want to do is have a look at the backlinks that they have. So again, SEMrush is a good tool to use for that. If you have access to like Ahrefs or Hrefs, as I I guess they're calling it now, um, Hrefs is very good as far as backlink uh, analysis. So you can see, do they have a ton of backlinks or just a few? 
if you know, you're probably going to find areas where, you know, there are pretty big gaps, whether it's in the content, the quality of the content or in the backlink profile. So you could figure out like, is this something that I can emulate? Can I, you know, slice this down to a small um, scale so that I can execute on like a small little test and see if I can maybe get traffic to one or two posts. And then from there, you know, you can expand based on what's working versus what's not working. So pretty straightforward, like once you, you know, say it out loud conceptually, look at the competition. Are other people doing it? If so, what are they doing? What are they doing with their on-site SEO? What are they doing with their off-site SEO? Obviously, it gets complicated really quick. But at that point, like you have an understanding, like, is this possible or is this like too much? Am I in over my head? Now, what you may find out, and this is the case where you would bail, is if you, you know, you find a couple sites that are competitors that seem to be, you know, executing well as far as like the content that they have on their, their site. Um, and if you find that they aren't even ranking well and no one is in that particular category, then it's probably a no-go. However, you know, if you find that there are a handful that are getting quite a bit of traffic, that's probably a good sign. So if other people are doing it, it means you can too. And it's just a matter of figuring out like what to do. Now, the finally, like if, if you're going down this route and it looks like, you know, you're not, you're not in a niche that is going to get much traffic um, or maybe the competitors are just like, really, really amazing and you're not going to be able to do much with them, you may need to bail. So there's a couple options um, when you want to bail. One would be potentially just selling your site, right? Selling your site, maybe on Flippa, maybe to a private individual, but that is not without its downside. So unless you're skilled in like migrating a site and taking care of like all the loose ends that are very apparent once you start trying to migrate a site. If you're not skilled in that, you may want to just not do it um, or work with a broker. Now, the, the thing is a broker um, probably needs you to have a site that's making pretty good money. Typically, they're going to take a percentage. So working with a broker may not really be an option. Flippa is, um, you know, an option for sites that aren't making any money. And it could be that you're able to find someone that, you know, sees something in your site. Maybe they have a similar site or maybe it just fits what they're looking for for some reason or another, and you could sell it to them. But again, like I said, there's a whole um, migration from like, you know, your hosting to their hosting transferring the domain name and all that stuff. So if that sounds scary to you, you may not want to get into it. Technically, it's not that crazy, um, not that difficult if you've done it before. But if you haven't, it can get messy pretty quick. And, you know, when you're dealing with with uh, Flippa and you're dealing with money and escrow and all that stuff, there's just a lot of moving pieces where at some point, you may just want to like move on. So this is maybe your second option here just to eat the sunk cost and just move on. So the funny thing with sunk cost, which I should do a whole episode on sometime is you've already spent the money yet. We're hanging on to it, um, hanging on to wh whatever it is. 
even though it would actually be better off for you to just move on and just like lose the money. So let's just make up some examples. Let's say you've invested $1,000 over the past, you know, 18 months on a site and you're trying to figure out whether or not you should, you know, work on this new site, which you've already started and things are sort of working out well, or if you should split your time like you have been by working on this old site that doesn't seem to be working out. Um, and, you know, also working on your new site, which seems to be working out. And you may think, oh man, I, you know, I invested that thousand dollars over the past 18 months. I have been working on it. I spent so much time on it, you know, hundreds of hours. And uh, I really hate to just throw it away. But it turns out it may actually be better for you just to throw it away. Um, just get rid of the content, let the domain expire, just move on and work on that new site. Because the thing is, like you're splitting your attention, you're splitting your time. And if you focus on the one site, you may be better off. Typically, um, when I've talked to people who really are doing well, a lot of times it's, they started doing even better when they you know, cut off projects that were okay. They cut off their projects that were good, but not great. And then they only worked on the great things. It's really hard to do. And I know a lot of people out there maybe be sh are shaking their heads at me. Maybe you're yelling at me through, <laughs> through the speaker. But I mean, it's really hard to move on. But a lot of times moving on is just better. So leave those sunk costs behind and just move on to the next thing that's working out a little better. Maybe you can, you know, figure out the lessons you learned through, you know, the project that didn't work out and moving on will be even better. Um, you'll start working on something that has more traction. Maybe you already have a site that has more traction and moving on to that, you'll be a little bit more motivated. You're not going to be wasting, you know, your time on this, you know, project that has all these sunk costs. So again, I, I say that and I've had a really hard time letting go myself. So one strategy you may be able to, to use, which I've done personally, is not to cut it off completely, um, but to just let it sit. And effectively, I'm, I've cut off some projects. Um, these are, you know, sites that I've started, loaded them up with content and I've just let them sit. And I was, I was thinking, Hey, I can always come back in six months whenever, um, I do have time. You never have time by the way. So, you know, six months turns into 18 months, turns into three years. And at that point you have an aged, an aged site, which you actually can come back to, um, at some point if you want to, or, you know, I may actually get rid of some of these, um, you know, projects that I haven't touched in a while. But the, the point is you can like you could move on without actually like killing them completely, if that makes sense. So I've, d I've done that where I just let them sit. So if you can't if you can't take my advice, like I can't take my own advice. Right. I get the irony there. But you can you could effectively stop working on something so that you can spend your time on the things that really are more effective. So the other thing that um, like the sub question that the person asked is around like how to make some money back so that maybe you can, you know, at least not 
lose everything. So depending on where, you know, the site came from, if it's, um, the, if it's like a uh, site that you created from scratch, it may be a little tough to sell it out there. Um, but you know, flip, it could be an option. One thing you could do if you happen to have purchased a done for you site, which I know a lot of people out there have purchased done for you sites, you may be able to go back to the broker that you purchased it from and potentially sell it back. Right. So if you, if you bought a site and it really didn't catch, catch on for you, you may be able to sell it back um, to the broker that sold it to you. So I haven't heard anyone specifically do this, but the thing that I know because I, I recently purchased an aged site is that, you know, people sell aged sites. So there's value in having the, you know, uh, content out there for a while, potentially some backlinks. You've actually tried to work on it and there, you may be able to get a, a pretty good, maybe not a, you know, profit, but you may be able to reclaim a lot of the money that you spent by selling it back to whoever you bought it from. Now, like I said, I've never heard of an example of that, but it would be worth, um, worth a shot. And generally a a company that is selling done for you sites doesn't want you to be, uh, like unsuccessful. So they may lend a hand, uh, give you a little bit more support. Maybe you didn't get enough support or maybe you didn't ask for enough support initially, but you know, it's, it's worth it to check, right? There's no harm in asking that company if they want to purchase the site back. And like I said, I'm doing this case study where I just purchased an age site and I'll be, you know, doing the typical stuff that I talk about, keyword research, adding content, adding backlinks to see how quickly an age site will, you know, start making money and how quickly it can grow. So I'm very interested to, you know, get rolling with that. The time that I'm recording this right now, I have just purchased it. The site's being migrated over to my hosting and I'm going to be, you know, starting to work on it very soon here. So if I'm going to round out this sort of meandering episode, basically you can, (laughs) you can um, potentially try and sell a site on, you know, a marketplace like Flippa or you could try and sell it back to a broker. And maybe if you've figured out that, you know, the site isn't going to go anywhere um, by talking to an expert, maybe you just need to move on, let the site um, go away. Just it's a sunk cost. It's in the past and you could you know, move forward with what you've learned and work on a site that maybe is getting more traction for you right now, or just to, to move on and start a new site again with more knowledge than you had before. I think it could be very important to, you know, get the input of someone more experienced so you can, you know, hopefully not make the same mistakes. Surely you've made some observations yourself on things that you can do better, but it's always good to have a second or third pair of eyes, you know, looking at something so that you can get other opinions out there. Uh, And by the way, that's another great reason to have a mastermind group so that you have people that you can, you know, talk to about these sort of ideas to give you inputs from a different perspective. So I've rambled on a lot. And if you have questions yourself, 
you can reach me. I don't have the phone number right here, but you could check the the show notes. You could actually leave a voicemail and I will play it on the air um, probably if you want me to, or you can shoot me an email at feedback at doug.show. We will catch you next time. I hope you found this episode helpful and have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot for joining me on The Doug Show. I really do appreciate you taking the time. If you're not subscribed, please consider subscribing. I have a ton of other episodes out there covering lots of different topics. Sometimes I just tell stories. If you are a longtime listener, I appreciate you too. If you haven't left a review, that is awesome because now you have an opportunity to leave a review and that would be totally cool and I would really appreciate it. If you're looking to get started with affiliate marketing or making money online or anything like that, you should go over to nichesiteproject.com. That is my blog. Once you're over there, you just click the green button, enter your name and email address, and then I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff. I'll send you templates, some motivational emails, and I think there's probably just some random emails that I send out there also. So we'll catch you next time on The Doug Show. Thanks.